ready. All right, everybody, welcome back to Things You're Not Supposed to Talk About with Louis G. Huh, that's me, right? All right, today's podcast is Real Women Verse Not Real Women. I don't know what else to say about that, right? That's silly. That's a silly title. It's a silly subject, and we're going to talk about this silly thing. We shouldn't even be having a silly conversation, and here we go. It's happening. And you know what? Um, too many people want to tell you about it instead of talk to you about it. That's, right? That's the real issue. Too many people are trying to tell you about this and not talk to you about it. And the other thing is, is that too many people who are not people with vaginas and uteruses that can carry babies for real, right? Who have, you know, ovaries. Um, too many people who are not those people are telling those people how they should also feel about being those people and how, in fact, to be that person they have been their entire life. And I think that's kind of weird. I have three daughters. <clears throat> um, no one's telling me how to be a man, right? Uh, they're not telling me how to be a man. They're thanking, they're thanking me for ha not having to tell me, probably, right? And they're sitting there going, man, I'm glad we don't have to tell dad how to be a guy. That would be weird, right? I'm glad. And they should be right, you know? Not for nothing, but I, I know they're women, right? I wipe their bottoms, right? I, I know they have a vagina. I'm sorry, girls, but I do, right? I saw it before you did. That's all, right? I, I don't have to guess. Neither does any boy they meet, by the way, all right? And that, I think that's a good thing, right? I think it's a good thing. It defines them physically, first of all, but how do they feel mentally? Well, my girls feel fucking great. I mean, I got one girl who's got, who's give me a grandson. The oldest, the oldest girl is give me a grandson, right? And, and she's about to give me another, another grandchild. We'll figure out, you know, whether that's a male or a female uh, in a couple of months, right? So um, we'll have that answer soon. Uh, but everybody's doing great. All right, good. Good for me. All right, good for me because I don't have to deal with drama, right? Because, right, we all know that having three daughters can be a drama scene. And I promise you, it can be. So, uh, why? Because they, they're secure. My daughters are secure in three things. This is why they feel fucking great, okay? Let's, say, let's just say it like that. So, this is why they feel great. Because they're secure in three things. Who they are, what they are, and who they can trust. That's it. Who they can trust. This is monumentally important to women. You know, I've, I've said this before on a podcast. Um, I've ha I, my daughters have read the book by Gavin DeBecker, uh, The Gift of Fear. And I think all women should read that book. It's very helpful. Gavin DeBecker, The Gift of Fear. Pick it up. Do not not read it. It's dumb. Read that book. And give it to your daughters when they're 16 like I did. Right? And they will read it. Um, so there you go. Those three things are monumentally important in all of our lives, by the way. That's kind of security. Um, feeling great about who you are and what you are and who you can trust. Those things are important in everybody's life, not just women. You know, uh, They're not more important to you than they are to me, as a matter of fact. If you're a man and you feel like a woman, I would imagine that those three things are extremely hard to come by. I, that's all. I would imagine it has something to do with the decisions you've made and the people you have in your life as well. All right. So what is a real woman? We're going to ask that question right now. Because you know, you know what? If Katanji Jackson Brown, Brown, Katanji Brown Jackson was sitting right here with me, she would not be able to answer that question. And she's a Supreme Court justice, and that's silly. Because things are going to come up like the Equal Rights Amendment, right? 
That stuff's going to be coming up soon because it still hasn't been ratified. All right. So since most women I know know exactly what a woman is, I too know what a woman is. How about that? Right? Uh, If all of the women I know could not tell me what a woman was, then I would not not know. I, you know, right? I would make it up and create the perfect woman for me in my mind. Then I would look for her, raise my boys to believe that their mother is the de- definition of a woman, and they would look at her, f- look for that in the women that they look for, right? And if, if it was my daughters, I would raise them to be like their mother. And I imagine that is how society found out the roles of both over time, the process of elim- elimination through function, right? A man sees, he makes an idea of what his woman is, and he goes and he finds her, and then he has boys and he has girls, and he says the same thing. Boys, this is the ideal woman. Girls, this is the ideal woman. He doesn't say, I'm the ideal man. He lets his wife say that. He lets their mother say that. And if she doesn't say that, then he's not. And she's just, you know, marking time, right? So, but the man says that because that's who he looked for. Sorry, man. I looked for the perfect woman. I have her, in my opinion, right? And my daughters are perfect to me anyway. So I think that's a good sentiment to have. And, uh, I, and I think that that's, a, that's how things usually happen in society. And that's how the weak get eliminated. All right. Has that function changed? Well, women can still make babies if they choose. That, that has changed. It did not used to be a choice, right? So that's changed. Uh, women can choose to stay at home and not work if there's a suitable income in the home for that to happen. They, they can choose to do that, right? Um, they can do that even if they don't have children. They can still choose to do that if the circumstances are so. So this is something that has also changed, not just because of choice, but also as a survival instinct, as women have been asked to work when the husband could not afford his family, when hard times have fallen, or if the husband left or died, and it was always a backup plan. Now it is a function both necessary and in many cases preferred for family wealth and personal growth, right? Having your wife work a full-time job, right? or your wife choosing to work a full-time job, excuse me, right? Proper language. Your wife choosing to work a full-time job, right? And those two incomes are in that house, man. That's, you know, that's, that's a great way to personal growth. Your family is going to thrive, all right? Period. I, I know that for a fact. I give you those answers, I promise. Um, this has this also changed. Women were not considered in the need for personal growth, were they? The self-realization that, that as a singularity, a woman is just that. She does not need a family, nor children, nor men to feel accomplished. And I have raised my daughters this way. Society has opened the door to accomplishment and women are striding through them. This has also changed. There have been a lot of changes going on, man. And here's the one thing that has not changed, will never change, can never change for humanity to continue. Fact of the matter is, it's the one thing nature cannot change in order for humanity to continue, a woman has a vagina with reproductive organs. That's it. That's what I got for you. That's the thing that hasn't changed. I mean, right? If you're a real woman and you're in your car right now, you're pumping your fist, you're going, yeah, buddy, that's right. I've been trying to say that shit for days. Yes, I know you have, right? I'm a guy. Why am I saying it? What the hell am I doing? I should have a guest on here that is a woman. Who can articulate this better than me? But you know what? I have three daughters again, and I watch this happening, and I get mad on a, on a whole other level. Okay? So there you go. So uh, that's what's got to happen. 
woman's got a vagina. Period. That's it. So you have you have to. The problem here is that I just said that as a man, I just said that I've axiom down a woman to a vagina and reproductive organs. Now I'm going to ask you as a woman who is listening to this podcast: Is that where you want to be? Do you want to be axiom down to the point where you have to go look? Here's why I'm a woman. Okay. Okay, buddy, with makeup on, here's why I'm a woman. Because I have a vagina and reproductive organs. Do you really want to get that low? Because I'm, I'm going to say to you, you should not be getting that low. Right? You should not have to get that, you know, F- you should not have to get that low. You should not be reduced to something that you have been reduced to for the last 300 freaking years. I, I want to know. I want to know where all the adults are in the room, right? You know, it took me a long time to realize I was an adult, and I'm trying to teach my two youngest girls that the 26 year old and 24 year old that they're adults and they can do whatever they want. They don't have to report to anybody, you know, except maybe their jobs to get a vacation time, right? I don't know, but they certainly don't have to report to me. You know, I mean, how do I know this? You know, look. How do I know that you have been axiom down to reproductive organs as an identifier again? Here's how I know. Because I'm a pattern guy, and I see patterns in a lot of things. So I know this. Because there are four powerful women in this country right now. Four women so powerful that men must listen to them no matter what. They are the most powerful women in this country. If there was a female president, she's not more powerful than these four women. <clears throat> you know who they are, right? It's, it's Sonia Sotomayor, right? Elena Kagan, Katanji Brown-Jackson, and Amy Coney Barrett. What do all these women have in common? Well, they're, they're on the Supreme Court, right? And they're never getting off unless they retire. Like, Ginsburg died there. Right? So, Right? All right. So, the, so we've got these four women on the Supreme Court, and three of them have something in common. You know what that is? They have no children. Does that matter? It, it, no, they're on the Supreme Court. Of course it doesn't freaking matter. <laughs> so why am I bringing it up? Because only one of them does. And that's Amy Coney Barrett. And the other three refuse to define what a woman is and Katanji Brown-Jackson made that a staple, right, of her procedure to become a Supreme Court justice. If that doesn't baffle you as much as it baffles me, if those correlations, if those patterns do not baffle you as much as they baffle me, I I don't understand what's going on. Because this one woman, Amy Coney Barrett, is no more or less of a woman than the other three. Yet she's the only one that can define what a woman is. And the only thing that makes her different is that she's got six kids. She's been married, right? And she's got one with Down syndrome. And none of that has, has seemed to, to gotten in her way of getting to the Supreme Court, too. Like, as well. You know, like, also. So, so what's the difference between these four women? 
Well, one of them is willing to define what a woman is, and three of them are not. How can you make law like that? Because I'm telling you, the Equal Rights Amendment bill is coming up. How are they going to base law on the fact that they can't even tell you what a woman is if the Equal Rights Amendment bill is about women's rights? There's only one woman that should be voting on that then. It doesn't make any sense. You have to stop the hypocrisy when it comes to this stuff and pick a side now. You can't say, I don't know what a woman is and be a woman. It's not allowed anymore. There are serious, serious things coming up. And we've got to be serious about them. I've got three daughters, and it's going to affect them seriously. And you have daughters. And it's not just going to affect your daughters, by God. It's going to affect your boys as well. I know moms love their boys. I can tell you that much. So basically, only one of these women will say what a woman is, and it is the woman with children who is married and in a supportive, loving relationship with seven other people in her home. Either she is the woman and they are not definable, or they are just people and there is no woman here. Or even worse, there are no women here because none of them will say they are definably a woman. But when a man sees this and hears this, you know what he he hears? He only hears the woman. When Katanji Brown Jackson refused to identify what a woman was, she did so defiantly over politics. That's all. That's, a, that's all anybody heard. A judge needs a definitive idea of certain things. One of those things must be not to take a political position on anything. She did that during her nomination process. That's undeniably a judicial flaw. None of the other justices were asked this question because it was not politically relevant, you know, when they were appointed. But it was for Jackson, and she failed the judiciary-biased portion of her nomination process, period. This is not hard to understand. It's only hard to accept because of politics. If you're a woman and you do not have children, what makes you think you know more about children than a mother who has them? I'm just going to come out and say that right now. If you don't have any kids, what makes you think you can enter the conversation about having children? You can't even enter the conversation about having the children with me. And I'm a guy. If you want to hang up now, hang up. Right? I mean, that's not, does that sound fair? Yep. Sounds very fair to me. You know, it does. Because I don't, I don't get into the conversation about what it's like to be a black man in this country. I would never know that. I only know what it's like to be a white man in this country. I cannot even tell you what it's like to be a man in this country because those two definitions of black and white are so different in this country between men and the way men are viewed in this country. Right? Silliness that we live in. I promise. Look, because on the bench as a judge, you must go through, through those emotions and then shut them off. Unfortunately, you have no proof of having raised a child, so you can't actually tell someone how to raise their child. All you can do is determine if the parent is breaking the law. Broke the law, or is the law being subverted by precedent? The only thing you can do is determine if a mother is unsafe for the child, not 
that the child feels unsafe with its mother. That's a whole different ballgame. All right. So how do you sit on a court with a woman who admits what a woman is simply by having six children and one with Down syndrome, which someone else may have aborted? How do you sit on that court with, with that decision-making process going on? Well, this is terrible, right? This is a hard thing, right? You know, if you, if you can't figure out now that being a woman and even being a different job as being a woman that a man would have to do is harder, just in the process of thinking about it, you must be crazy. Because if I'm a man and I'm on the court, you want to talk about abortion, okay, let's do it. I don't get, I don't get right? Let's go. But if you're a woman on a court and you got six kids, and there's, another, there's three other women on the court that have zero children and everybody wants to talk about abortion. You're the only one that hasn't done that. What do you, or hasn't, you know, espoused to that rather. What, what do you have to, what's that conversation look like? How do you, I mean, I could never get in that. I would, I would, if I was one of the, if I was like, uh, you know, if I was Kennedy or somebody like that, I, I, I sit back and I'd be done with that. I would not have that conversation. I'd be nowhere near that, right? I go, you, you ladies take care of that. Us guys are going to lunch. That's it, right? You make that decision. When we come back, we're going to go, yes. <laughs> it's going to be a unanimous decision, right? It's going to be yes. We're just going to say yes. That's it, because we can't. It's impossible. Men can't do that, all right? And don't, they can't even, they shouldn't even try, really. So, as a matter of fact, the motherhood conversation is off the table for every woman without a child as much as it is for me as a man who could not give birth, right? I don't talk about how much it hurts to give birth. I can only, I only watch that. I only know how much it hurts you to give birth just because I saw it, right? I go, man, that looks painful. That's all I could say. I can't go, wow, man, that really hurts. No, I don't know, right? No, if I had a pain watching my wife give birth, I promise you, okay, it was because I was scared and there was a pain from that. I probably somewhere. I, that's it, all right? I was scared for her and everybody else in the room. All right? I would never do that. So choosing to focus on your career is not a deflection for the conversation either, right, of motherhood, right? That's not a deflection for the, I chose to focus on my career. That's not a deflection for the, the conversation. That's not what happened. Most women don't say, I mo that's a man's decision, right? That's what men say. You know, I'm going to focus on my career, man. I ain't having any kids. You know what? I, I'm going to get a vasectomy. No, no, no. That's what men say. Men do that. Women say, yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think I'm going to have any children, right? I'm going to make the decision not to have children uh, so that I can focus on my career because I really want to make a difference in the world and I know that I can and I can't do that. You know, if, I'm, if I've got kids, I don't feel that I can. I can't, I, all my focus would go to that. And I, you know what? It's a simple conversation for a woman to have and it's, you know, with another woman. Right, it's a simple conversation to have with another woman, but with another man, it, with a man, it might be a hard conversation to have. You might be losing a relationship too. I mean, that's right. It's not easy being a woman. Okay, that's the third time I've used an example for that in this podcast. It is not easy being a woman. It is not easy making decisions as a woman. Yeah, you know what? Yes, it is easy as a man to make a decision. You know. A lot of kids lost their dad because they got up to go buy a pack of smokes one day and never came home. Seems like an easy decision to me. Doesn't it to you? Huh, it does. And by the way, right, let's get one thing clear here. 
your career does not make you a parent. It makes you singular. That's what it makes you, right? The last time a Supreme Court judge was allowed to have a singular thought was when? Right? Never. If they do, it's about the Constitution. That's their singular thought. But other than that, right? No. They're not allowed to do that. They've got to be open-minded, you know? Um, if they even have a religious sentiment, you know, America gets NVTS nuts, right? That's what happens again. NVTS nuts, right? Uh, you do. You get crazy. I mean, I look, I don't like uh, religion interfering in law uh, any more than anybody else does, okay? I think it's a silly thing for that to happen. But you cannot argue the correlations that are there. And that, my friends, is another podcast for another day. So now you got to ask the question because we can't be goofing around over here. What is the uh, real definition of a woman? And uh, uh, that is, I'm going to give it to you right now because that's is what Webster says. And what Webster says is the truth, all right? So a woman is an adult female human. Prior to adulthood, a female human is referred to as a girl, a female child or adolescent. The plural women is sometimes used in certain phrases such as women's rights to denote Female humans, regardless of age. Wow. There is even a plural in there that categorizes all of the women as one species or gender. That is really specific. Okay? That's that's not goofing around. All right? So the new definition of woman is, ready? Because there is a new one. If you look around, you find a new definition of woman. Uh, An adult who lives and identifies as a female even though they have been born as a different sex. Um, I like the first one better, right? <laughs> I'm just going with, the, I'm going with the first one, and you could go with the second one. It's okay. Uh, and we could, we could mix them together if you like, all right? You, you tell me. You could leave notes. You know, you could send me a note, right? Yeah, send me a message or something, and let me know, hey, Lou, we're not mixing these fucking things together, okay? Right? All right, okay. So if a man says he is a woman, is he? According to the new definition, yes. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine by me. And every other man, for that matter. Men don't give a shit, right? We only care because we have daughters. If we had boys, we're like, we'd be like, hey, man, stay away from that guy, right? Yeah, don't talk to him. Just, yeah, if you want, you know, look, you do what you want to do, buddy, but, right? But, uh, right, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to say something stupid to that guy, and he's going to call somebody, and you're going to get in trouble. That's all. That's it. Stay away. That's your best choice. And that's what's going to start happening. Get ready, folks. The stay away thing is already happening with Scott Adams, right? He's already said it about about one thing. It's going to start happening. That sentiment is going to grow and grow and grow. I promise you. Because this is America and that's what happens. Right? But it's okay by me if you want to say you're a, you know, you're, you're a woman. Right up, right up until, until the time you lie to some strange guy. It's okay. It's okay, right? You tell him you're a woman because you truly believe that and you take this man home and then he finds out that you're not what he knows in his head in a physical form of a woman is and he cannot put his hard, erect and excited, overexcited penis inside your penis, right? That's not how that works. So once he realizes that, what do you think is going to happen, man? I mean, this definable man, he may be violent against the indefinable man. Right? This isn't about woman anymore. This is about definable and indefinable at that point. And it becomes a fight or flight instinct thing. And in that room, you no longer have a man attacking a woman. You have a man attacking a man. 
what happens when the cops show up? And what happens when that goes to court? And what happens when a precedent is not, not allowed to be set in that state with something like this? Who wins that? And how many people lose from that? Wow. Right? We have to think about these things when we're defining, you know, humanity here. We're not thinking about those things. I promise. We are not thinking about those things. You know, when he goes to court, he's going to feel warranted, right? Because he, he must now defend himself from a threat. That man is a threat to him now. He deceived him. He has him in his home. And he is a threat to him now. Right? So he's going to protect himself. And he's going to use that information in court. The, the threat was in the deception hiding there and then when it is realized there's now there's now a euphoria and a man become, may become even more of a man in that situation and that's never a good thing right if you're talking about mas ma uh, toxic masculinity then in that room right there with those two men one who was revealed and one who did the revealing okay if you want to see toxic masculinity you put a camera in that room i promise all right so, here's the thing, and, and, and this is true. Women embody deception, men embody duplicity, right? And I'm not talking about deception as a bad thing. We're not, we're not, it's not a bad thing. Don't get mad. Stop getting mad, okay? Men play games of war, and women play games of organization, right? House, tea, adult with kids, women who work. Right? I don't have to define war. You know what that is. I don't need to do that, right? So, this is, a, this is a definable thing. Men play definable things. That's why they're not games of deception. You know what war is. All right. When you watch women play a tea house or something else, there's, there's a whole other dynamic going on there. And they're having literally a whole other conversation. It could not just be tea house. It could be tea house with how's your kids? How's your husband? Right? That, it could be that. <laughs> I know. I heard, I heard it. All right. So men play violent sports and women play games of deception as young, young kids, right? Hide and seek, dress up, modeling. I don't need to tell you what a violent sport is. You can watch it. Do I need to tell you that violent sports are football? No. Hockey? No. Boxing? No. Wrestling? I don't need to tell you that, right? You know that. So, right, once again, I do need to tell you what the games of deception are, though, because they're not obvious. Hide and seek, dress up, and modeling, right? Men play games of imagination and adventure. Women do imagination with dress up and makeup. So boys, you know, grab a stick and play dueling swords and they're pirates and they're talking, arr, arr, arr. and you know exactly what the hell they're doing. And women do the whole imagination with dress up and makeup. And you're like, are they playing modeling or are they pretending to be mom? You know, I don't know what they're doing. Are they going out to get a job? What's happening here? Right. Do they have papers for that? And all of a sudden they become women, right? Sitting right there in front of you with that stuff. on. It's terrible. Uh, men were going to form familiar gangs that are exclusive and women will have gatherings that change over time. Men, women will coalesce and men will disband. How about that? Women have roles. They, they, they are not roles that women perform so much as they are roles that define the definable differences in what makes one not the other. Okay? Babies, things like that. Okay? Men who play dress up with their sisters are not gay until they say they are. And they may never say it, but feel it. It could be awful. Women who play sports do not feel the urge to self-evaluate their sexuality because their femininity is not absent from their play. But if you put a man on the field with the women, a man who plays that sport as well as any woman, with a dress and a wig on, that man can only play the game while retaining his masculinity. 
He cannot betray a woman in this fashion. His gait, his power, and his thinking on the field will be devoid of the very thing he wants so desperately to display. Men do not need their activities defined. War is war. Sports are sports. Adventure is anything at all that's not safe. You do realize that everybody starts out female, right? All right. So, I mean, it, it is that simple. That development could have been, physic- could have, have been physically a male, but the hormonal makeup can be more female, especially if in utero transition is not the normal uh, chromosome development, okay? So I have a complete, and I'm not a doctor, but you know what? Do you read? I read. I can read, okay? I don't need to defend this. I can read. I read things. I read journals. I read shit all the time. So I don't need to defend it. I, you can hear me. So I've got a theory. I mean, here's a complete theory on this. There are three levels of men who view themselves with true tra- transgenderism. This meaning a man who lives within the confines of a man, yet feels compelled to live within the confines of both men and a woman, and, right? While feeling more like the latter when dressed as a woman and less than a man while in the confines of a man. So level one, a man who has either an entire side wardrobe that he dresses in at home in private. He's not married and he may live in a heterosexual life or even a gay life, but he does not want this to be what defines him, so he is private about it. That's level one. Level two, a man who will feel comfortable dressed as a woman in an unfamiliar setting with unfamiliar people. Perhaps he goes out to a bar dressed his way where no one knows him as this person. His anonymity acting as a modicum of acceptance because no one will disparage him as a stranger. Or he goes to the same place where he's accepted as a known quantity and he feels safe. Either way, he knows he is being seen as this person dressed as a woman and this makes him happy. Level three, the man who has the wardrobe for a man or a woman goes out like that, like that anywhere he wants and goes to work and performs all of his duties in life as a man who wishes to live as a woman. So basically Caitlyn Jenner, okay? For every natural order of things, there is always a subverted level, a level that perverts and debases. That level I consider to be those men dressing up as women who are handing out their cards to make money performing as women. Most of these men are gay men who are doing drag shows and there's nothing wrong with that. But when it is used to subvert a natural order, then it needs to be called out as such. There is a mental illness on display all over the internet and TikTok that convolutes the natural order of the stages that I have put forth. If all fetuses start out as female and morph into male after certain chemicals and systems are introduced, then it is a natural progression of thought to assume that because most transitions are from male to female, a fetus that has begun to elongate the clitoris and form the sac for the testes from from, from the area that would have been the vagina thereby allowing for a boy's testes to drop at puberty, there is a misfire in chemical development that stopped the formation of the male psyche for that fetus and subsequently for the forming child to, a, to adult male. But we all know that a trans woman is really a man who in their heart and mind are a woman. And they see the world this way. And there's nothing wrong with that. Look, defining what you are is the leading cause to discovering who you are intrinsically. Who happens after what? I am a man and I do things in a manly way that defines my manhood. Not because I am conscious of doing it, but because I am it. I am a man, and who I have become is determinant on how good I am at what I am, not how good at what I want to be. I be because I am. I am good at being what I am, and those around me appreciate who I am. No woman can say that in this country unless the women, women I hear don't speak for all women. Then I ask, where are all the women who know what a woman is and will define that and make sure other women know? 
other women like my daughters who need to know what a woman is because their father can't tell them. And some of the women in their lives can't either. And I need my women to know those women because women are a community and men are not. If you allow men to define what a woman is, we will break you down to the very thing you have been trying to avoid for the last 300 years, reproductive organs and baby factories. Because for men to define what a woman is today, they will go right to the vagina and the reproductive organs. They no longer say, and I quote, a woman is a powerful, supportive, and creative being who brings community and love to a war-ridden male existence. I know that because that's what my mother told me. My mother was a woman. But now I answer with physiology because women today won't stand up for the thing I was taught by a woman about what a woman is. And because I love my women, I will not be confused. You're welcome. Are you ready? Thank you for joining me today, folks, and things you're not supposed to talk about with Louis G. I hope we talked about it, and I hope you have a great day. All right. See you later.